Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series on choices with a message on consistency from Pastor Omar Lopez. Enjoy this message. How many love the Lord in this house today? Good to see everyone. In fact, why don't you turn around and tell your neighbor you're in the right place at the right time right now. I believe that today. And so we, we're on a series this month called Choices. Tell somebody, you need to make a choice. You need to make a choice. We all do. And I want to talk about the power of choices. And I'll just give you a little summary of what we talked about last week because we have to understand that the quality of our choices will determine the quality of your life and will ultimately determine the quality of your destination and your destiny with God. It will determine your future. In other words, we make our choices and then our choices make us. And the problem, although we have good intentions, many times we don't make good choices. How many can identify with that? And I want us today to get some clarity on some good choices and ask the Lord to help us make some very good decisions Uh, One of the greatest choices that you can make is to choose to serve God. And so I want to open up with that scripture. It's not my text, but I opened up with it last year or last week. And um, I think it's kind of the theme of my life. And it's found here in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. It says this, if it is pleasing to you to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. If it should be the God your father served beyond the rivers of the God's of the Amorites land where you are now living. Yet as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It says, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I'm going to pray today. If we can get those scriptures going up there, it would really help us today. But let's pray. So Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus today that you would open up our hearts and our minds. Lord, we pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, so many choices, decisions that we have to make. So I pray today, Lord God, that you would just bring clarity and Lord, remove every distraction. There's so many things that are pressing us from every direction. Lord, there are emotional drawings, there are seductions from the world and distractions even sometimes on our phone. And so God, today I pray, Help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. Let the word of God go forth with anointing. Let the people hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. And today what I want to talk about is probably one of the most spiritual and most important things that we can have in our lives. If you're going to have impact today, if you're going to have impact for the rest of your life, There's a quality that is absolutely essential. It's absolutely the key to your spiritual life, to your family life, to your ministry. It's absolutely key even to your physical and mental well-being. It's actually key to your relational intimacy. It's key to everything that you do, even to your financial potential. It is even key to accomplishing goals in your life. And the good news is this quality is not based on your education. It is not based on your talent. It is not based on your appearance. 
It is not based on your background. This quality has the impact to affect your entire life all the way till you die. And what I want to talk about today, I want to talk about the choices that we make, but I want to talk about this word called consistency. Turn to someone and say consistency. We have to learn how to be consistent. Consistency is really the key that unlocks the door to your future. It is the foundation of every accomplishment that you make uh, in the secular world and even in the spiritual world. In fact, if you, it's a really a bridge. If you want to move from God's proclamation of God's promises to possessing God's promises, you got to have consistency in your life. you got to be able to have some consistency. I don't know what's going on with the mic, but you guys need to let me know what we do from here. But motivation, how many know a lot of us get motivation, mo- motivated? We get all stirred up. Motivation basically will get you started, but consistency will keep you going. Consistency will keep you going. Do I need to change the mic, guys? Just let me know. Okay. Hold on. Sorry. Got to change the mic here. All right. Can you hear me now? All right. We got some sound people in trouble today. (laughs) Talking about consistency, right? That's what we want. Consistency. So nothing works without consistency. How many understand that? A diet doesn't work without consistency. A workout regimen doesn't work without consistency, right? A budget doesn't work without consistency. A boundary doesn't work without consistency. It's one thing to set a boundary. It's another thing to keep a boundary. It's one thing to set a boundary. It's another thing to hold on to that boundary. Nothing works in your life, even spiritually, if you don't have consistency in your life. In fact, throughout the Bible, the the scripture tells us that God is constantly consistent. He is consistent in his love. He is consistent in his nature. In fact, consistency is one of the natures of God, and it's very important that we understand this because consistency is not something that God only has, but God desires for you to have. How many can say amen? And throughout the scripture, the Bible says uh, that God is consistent. Uh, in fact, the scripture said in Hebrews 13, 8, he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. His love is consistent. The Bible says, I'm persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor any angel or principality, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, uh, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In fact, when you begin to read the scripture, you'll find that people get a personal relationship or revelation of God's consistency. David said, if my father and mother forsake me, then Lord, you will take me in. Uh, He is consistently loving us and taking care of us. Uh, In fact, Solomon says that he sticks closer to you than a brother. God is consistent uh, and God is saying, that you and I need to adopt some consistency. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say consistency. See, consistency today is for God, but not 
to God or it's to God but not for God. Now what I mean by that is consistency is to God but consistency is for you. We need to learn how to be consistent. In fact, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you, then you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth, what? And the truth will set you free. Yeah. In other words, you have to remain consistent in God's word if you're going to experience true freedom. The reason why many of us are not free and we still hold on to things and things hold on to us and we're in bondage and in stronghold is because you're not continuing consistently in the word of God. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. If we're doing the same old thing, no amount of advice, no amount of prayer if you just keep talking the same way doing the same old thing uh, uh, reacting the same way you do uh, you're going to get the same result we need some consistency in the word of God somebody say amen and so your consistency has the impact that you will have forever in your life and I'm telling you the reason why I'm saying this is because so many of us can say man uh, well that kind of leaves me out because I'm inconsistent some of us can say, I'm consistently inconsistent. Man, I'm out, Pastor. I, I'm going to check out of this sermon. I, I, you know what? I, I, you, I even have trouble just getting to church on time. I'm having trouble getting to work on time. How many can relate to that? I, I can tell you that I've had that in my life where I was inconsistent in a lot of things. In fact, it's kind of embarrassing, but can I just confess today? Maybe you, some of you will relate to this. How many of you have ever uh, done this? And I used to do this, but I learned my lesson where I would wait for the last minute to put gas in my car. I, I mean, the needle would be all the way down here. And I said, I still got a couple more miles. Uh, I can make this. Uh, it's all right. I don't need to put gas. Uh, and what happened one day? I ran out of gas. And I learned my lesson. How many of you uh, have ever done this? You pay the, your utilities bill the last minute. Uh, you got the pink slip. Uh, you got the last warning. Uh, and you still didn't pay the utility bill. Uh, how many of you have ever done that? Uh, and we look at ourselves and say, why am I so inconsistent? Uh, why don't I just stay ahead of time? And you end up paying more than you would have had to pay if you'd have just been more consistent. And I can say that, <clears throat> listen to me, I can say that many of those things in my life, let me take a drink of some tea here. I can say that many of those things in my life have changed and the consequences didn't destroy my life, but there are some consequences that, that can go really deep in your life. And they can destroy relationships, they can separate you from other people, they can cause spiritual harm in your life, if you're not consistent. And I said this last week, when your values are clear, your choices and decisions are easier. The reason why we have trouble making choices because we don't have clarity of what our choices are or our values are. We're saying, I'm not sure if I value this. And I want to share a story with you in this Bible that is probably one of my favorite stories. You've heard me say this before, but it's really true. This is probably one of my favorite stories because, <clears throat> excuse me, it was one of the first stories that I ever read uh, uh, in the Bible. In fact, I remember when I was young, I'd never read the Bible before, and I finally got a Bible. My brother had one in his bookcase. Someone gave it to him when he was in college, and, and I 
pulled it out and it had a table of contacts in there or content in there and I began to look at all the stories and this is the story of three Hebrew young men in the book of Daniel chapter 3 and it's one of my favorite stories because these guys were willing to stand for truth when it was a very difficult time to stand for truth. How many know truth is true? Am I right? Even if, even if you're not experiencing it. Truth is true. How many understand that God is good? That's the truth. We're just singing about it. Uh, your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Man, you're so, so good. But how many know there are times when you don't even feel like it's that good? There are times when your life seems uh, that you're experiencing some bad things in your life, that you're experiencing some terrible things. And let me just say this. Facts don't change the truth, but the truth changes the facts. The fact is you may not be feeling uh, very great. Uh, you may not be feeling uh, real good, uh, but the truth is God is still good no matter what. So if you hold on the truth, the truth will begin to change the facts. Somebody say amen. So in this story, I want to give you the backstory before we read it here. In Daniel chapter 3, the Bible says there's three Hebrew young men that have been captured by the Babylonians. And they're in a bad situation because the king has made this golden image, which I'll just tell everybody in just a moment. He's made this golden statue that every Everybody is supposed to bow down to and it's a it's King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and they've captured these three young men they're Hebrew men and they are now enslaved they've changed their name they're uh, basically now uh, trying to indoctrinate them into the Babylonian culture teaching them their language educating them but no matter how much the Babylonians try to brainwash them they're still standing for God they've made a choice they are consistent in their faith regardless of the pressure regardless about what everybody else is doing and in fact the scripture says that they are now promoted to a higher level they are basically the king's advisors they are men that have been in great position they're in prominent position but the problem is this king has made this 90 foot statue that everybody has to worship when the music begins the sound off. So I'm going to give you a, a verse, read a few verses of scripture here in Daniel chapter 3 verse 12. Look at, look at what it says. These guys won't bow and they catch them. These other advisors they're jealous of them and they, they basically uh, snitch on them and say these guys are not bowing. Look at what it says. But there's some Jews that said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego whom you put in charge of the providence of Babylon they pay no attention to you. Your majesty, they refuse to serve your God and do not worship the gold statue that you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew in a rage. He was so mad. And he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. And when they brought him in, Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my God or to worship the gold statue that I've set up, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship this statue that I've made. And when you hear the sound of the musical instruments, 
But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. I'm going to throw you guys in the fire. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? <laughs> That's not that. I just put that in. <laughs> anyway, I just love to do that. So Shadrach, and I may say it throughout the sermon. So Shadrach, Meshach, even though they're in prominent position, they find themselves facing a life and death choice. Will they be consistent and stand for the Lord and faith death, or will they deny God and live? These men choose that they're going to stand for God because they have an internal conviction. They say, you know what? You can throw us into the fire, but it's not going to change our mind. These guys were consistent in their faith. See, usually what the reason why we're pressured or the reason how we make decisions is there's usually one or two things that are happening. We have this external circumstances from the outside or we have an internal conviction on the inside. Lots of us this morning, we make decisions or choices based on external pressures, but, my, but not an internal conviction. These young men say, you know what? You can put all the pressure you want, but we have this internal conviction. And there are times when the world, because of the pressure and because of the culture, will cause you to compromise your internal conviction to give in to the external pressure. I don't want to tell people that Jesus is really the way or the only way, so I'm just going to tell them that Jesus is one of the ways. No, Jesus is the only way. See, the reason why we give into external pressure to say, well, you know, there's a lot of ways to get to heaven. No, no, Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. He's not one of many ways. He is exclusively the only way. And when we begin to say that, that causes all kinds of problems. And so the Bible tells us that these young men find themselves facing this circumstance where the external pressure is everybody is bowing down to this golden image. Everybody is giving in to the king except these three young men who have this internal conviction. They have this fear of God and they say, we're not going to give in to this. We're going to put God first. Have you ever felt yourself under pressure? Have you ever been in any kind of pressure? There are some believers that believe that as Christians, we're not supposed to experience any battles. We're not going to experience any trials. We're not going to experience any difficult pressures. I've got news for you today. You will experience trials and you will go through battles in your life. In fact, Jesus said this in John chapter 16. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You're going to have peace in him. But in this world, what? You're going to have some trouble. You're going to have some trial. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Now, I don't know about you or where you're at right now, but maybe some of you uh, uh, feel a, a battle right now. You're, you're under a financial fire. You're, you're in a health-related fire. You're in a relational fire. You're, you're struggling with some things. How many know when you're in the middle of fire, what do you do when you're, some of us say, I call 911. I say fire. No, no. When you're in the middle of a fire, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to pray. In fact, 
Peter said it this way. I love what he says here. First Peter 1 7. He said, These trials will show that your faith what is genuine, it's authentic. So as you endure these trials, they're going to show the quality and the depths of your faith. In verse 7, it's being tested as fire test purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong, it says, through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So when you stay consistent in your faith with God, consistency, basically it, it really solidifies or affirms your faith. These trials, that said, will reveal your faith and it will show that your faith is genuine. I'll say it this way. A faith that is tested is the faith that can be trusted. A faith that isn't trusted, a faith that isn't tested is the faith that cannot be trusted. Are you hearing me? A lot of people talk about faith, but man, you've only been in here uh, uh, one year. You've only been here a couple of years. Your faith hasn't been tested yet. You don't even know what the battle is yet. There, that, that's not even a long time of consistency. I'm just saying, listen to me. Your faith, a faith that is tested, is the faith that can be trusted. In fact, when we look at these three young men, uh, they were in the age of, of about, many of them say, between 15 to 17 years old. So if you're young people, don't give me an excuse, I'm young. These guys were young. These guys uh, stood the test, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar tells them, you need to bow down to this golden idol that I've set up. Many scholars believe that the golden idol was an image of himself. This guy had a, an ego with a steroid, am I right? This guy had a big ego, and he wanted everybody to bow down. So he goes, when you hear the, the music, the horn, the sound, all of these things, he said, I want you to bow down and worship, and anyone who refuses will be thrown in to the blazing fire. So think about this. Everybody in Babylon, Babylon is bowing down. The music is going. Everybody's bowing. And there's three guys that are still standing. God's looking for some people that will stand consistently for him. Can you say amen? Now, here's one thing that I want to say, and I just want to, just some food for thought for some of you. Many of us are wondering, the book of Daniel is about Daniel. He's the main character. Where is Daniel at? He's kind of the leader. He's kind of the mentor of these three guys. He's the one that actually starts it all off and, and, and stands for God and says, I'm not going to eat of the king's meat. We're not going to eat the drink the king's wine. We're not going to do any of this stuff. And he kind of is the spokesman. But for some reason, uh, Daniel is not in the picture. Many scholars believe because he was a prime minister, he was probably traveling and he was not there. But it's kind of unique because uh, uh, these guys were not holding on to the coattail of Daniel. See, a lot of us this morning, when the leader is not around, you're somebody different. When your pastor is not around, you're somebody different. You're talking a different game. I know nobody here. I'm just saying to you. Amen. These guys were consistent whether Daniel was there or not. Because the faith that is tested is the faith that can be trusted. Number one, write this down. When you have consistent faith, it obeys God instead of following man. When you have consistent faith, 
it obeys God instead of following man. The Bible says here in Daniel chapter 3, verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar said, is it true? In other words, is it true, uh, Shadrach, that you're not, because he kind of liked these guys. He had promoted them earlier in the second chapter, and now in the third chapter, they're not bowing down. So go, is it true, or is it just gossip? Did somebody put the wrong Twitter out? Is it misinformation? Somebody's lying about you guys on Facebook. Uh, uh, but, but you know what? I'm going to give you guys a second chance. You guys can bow down. And, and when I played the music, and they said, wait a minute. Uh, they said in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied uh, to King we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. What they were doing is they were staring down the king at that moment. They were saying, you know what, king? We don't even have time to give you an excuse. We're not even going to try to give you an excuse. It is what it is. Basically, it would tell him, we're not going to bow down. We don't even want to give you an excuse. We don't want to give you any kind of thing. In fact, we don't even want to give you an answer. It is what it is, basically. They, they basically were telling the king, uh, it, the, way you, the way you're bringing it out, uh, we don't need to even answer you. We're standing by our conviction. Uh, and this caused the king uh, to be outraged. Uh, it caused the king uh, to be mad uh, because these guys who stood their ground. See, God is looking for people that have a conviction that is consistent, uh, not the way up and down uh, that will say I will stand for God uh, no matter what now think about the pressure listen to me think about the pressure these guys uh, had been promoted these guys that had position these guys were wise men or the king's advisors they were in government position and now they're standing down the king and saying you know what we're not going to bow we're not going to give our allegiance to you now they could have made an excuse how many know it's easy for us to make excuses they could say well you know an idol is nothing nobody's gonna know you know what's the big deal you know we could be we could be bowing on the outside but we're singing how great is our god on the inside right we could have they could have said all of that they could have made excuses but instead they said we're going to obey god rather than man see these guys were not just consistent that day they were consistent day in and day out. It wasn't that that day they happened to be consistent. It's a reflection of their consistency day in and day out. They had been taught the word of God. They knew the word of God. It wasn't dependent on whether or not God would give the miracle or not. It wasn't dependent upon whether they would be rescued. They're telling the king, we're not giving in. We're not going to bow. We're not going to do what you're telling us to do. These guys were consistent. Now, a lot of us this morning, you're sitting there and you're saying in your chair, yeah, I'm going to stand for Jesus. But yeah, you're comfortable in that seat right now. You're not in front of a furnace. I don't know if you've ever been close to a fire, but it's pretty scary. And it's hot. And you can't even breathe when you're around the fire. You ever seen these people go, yeah, I'd run in there and grab that person and pull them out. You, you would go, man, whoo, man. Call the fireman. Hey, man, get some water. These guys are standing and they could see this furnace and yet they're still standing for God. Are we willing to stand for God when it's not popular? Are you willing to stand for God when other people are around? I can imagine these guys had predetermined 
They had already made up their minds, no matter what happens, we're not bowing to the world. We're not bowing to the culture. We're not bowing to what everybody else is bowing. We're going to stand for God. We're going to serve him no matter what. Somebody say amen. See, the enemy, listen to me, the enemy of our soul is the wearer of this reality. This is why the enemy, the adversary, is doing everything he can to destroy and dismantle and unravel your consistency. He will do everything to seduce you. He will do everything to draw you. And he will use disappointment to divert you in your walk with God. He knows if you're consistent long enough, bondages are broken, lives are set free, and lives are transformed. And if you're going to become the uh, man and woman of God, let me just say something to you. To become consistent, it happens incrementally, not all at once. Did you hear me? God transforms us incrementally, incrementally. In other words, we have transformative moments. Okay, listen to me. We have transformative moments where God removes mental and spiritual blocks. And sometimes he's accelerating the work in your life. But God never, listen to me. You need to hear this really clear. God never completely and spiritually and mentally and emotionally transforms your life in a moment. We have transformative moments where God covers a lot of ground. and God, But God never completely transforms your life. It's incrementally, consistently, as you surrender moment by moment to God. Did you hear me? Now, a lot of us this morning, you give too much credibility to gifted people, and you don't even realize God hasn't even transformed their life yet. They haven't even been tested yet. Did you hear me? There has to be some time just because, listen to me, just because it's not working immediately doesn't mean you should give up. Stay consistent. Don't abandon what God has promised would work eventually just because it's not working immediately. The enemy is after your consistency. These guys are saying, you can have my government job, but you're not robbing my consistency with God. You can rob how people see me. You can rob all of that. You can burn my clothes. You can burn my body. How many times have we been offended by God because we didn't understand what was going on? There are things in our life today, there are seasons that we've had in our life where we've been complaining to God. We're saying, why did this happen? We're upset about all this stuff. God didn't give me this job. God didn't give me this person. This, didn't, this, house, didn't, we, this house, we weren't able to acquire this house. But now you don't realize you're praising God in this season for that season because now you have a better house. You have a better job. You were complaining about that. See, God knew what he was doing. But a lot of us this morning, our faith wavers depending on our season. Don't ever abandon what you don't understand. Stay consistent. These young guys, they didn't understand the whole thing, but they were consistent. They didn't understand all that was going on, but they had made up their mind. Listen to me. Write this down. Consistent faith obeys in spite of what it sees. Consistent faith obeys in spite of what it sees. Verse 17 of Daniel chapter 3, it says, If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, they tell the king, the God whom we serve is able. Say, he is able. 
he is able, the Bible says, to save us. It says, and he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. So they said, you know what? No matter what we see here, no matter what, what's in front of us, we know that God is able to deliver us. We know that God is able to move. That we know that God is well able to rescue us. So I want to say to you, I don't know what you're facing right now in your life. Maybe it's a bad health diagnosis. Maybe there's some circumstances today in your life that are kind of rocking your world. Maybe there's a financial situation, a relational situation. Can I just tell you today, our God is well able to deliver. Amen. He's able to do that what we can't imagine. Uh, don't look on the outside. Uh, don't look at the circumstances. Uh, don't look at everything else that is happening. Because I'd be honest with you, there, in this room, there is a lot of doubt. Now, you would think a pastor say there's a lot of faith. I'm going to just tell you, in this room, there's a lot of doubt right now happening about what I'm saying. Because you have misunderstood a lot of things that God is doing. And you've allowed yourself to think and be pressured by circumstances and things around you. And it has crushed you. It has disappointed you. Somebody say amen. amen. But yet we don't understand that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Our faith said that God is able no matter what we see. Can you say amen? amen. No matter how it is. And sometimes, let me just be honest with you. Can I just be honest with you? It said, well, pastor, you know, I've been praying. I've been believing God uh, that God is going to do something. God's going to save my children. God's going to save my daughter. God's going to save my son. And it seems like they're sinking deeper, deeper into sin and into bondage. Man, I've been praying and believing God, but it doesn't seem like anything's happened. I've been praying for a job, but everywhere I go, the door is closing. Nothing is happening. And I don't understand why all this is happening. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Everything that you're doing, everything that may not be going the way you want it, I want you to know you need to think about this. You should have or God should have enough relational equity with you that what he's done in the past, he could do it again. In other words, God should have enough. He has the track record in your past that you can trust for your future. Somehow, what happened to that relational equity, that relational consistency that God had? Why are you so mad at God right now? If you had confidence in the past, you can be confident in that relational equity in the future. Can you say amen? Because let me just tell you, when it gets hard, and sometimes it gets hard, does the hardness harm you? When life gets hard. When things become hard, does that hardness harm you? See, the strength, listen to me, write this down. The strength of your consistency is only exposed when times get tough. You'll find out the consistency of people when time gets tough. When seasons begin to feel disrupted. When things begin to invade your comfort zone. You don't know how consistent you are. Until it gets hard. How much is enough? How much is enough for you to keep praying or stop praying? How much is enough for you to stop reading the word of God? How much is enough for you to stop worshiping? How much is enough for you to stop coming to church? 
See, consistency will outlast difficulty. We talk about faithfulness. Faithfulness is the byproduct of consistency. Bible says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's a guy that's been consistent. That, that's a guy, and out of that consistency, he has learned how to be faithful. Hard times in life, hard times in your job, hard times in your marriage. When things get difficult, will you stay consistency or consistent? Let me just say this. Consistency will get you through detours. There are moments in your walk with God, listen to me, where you're going to have to take a detour. Where you thought, man, I haven't, you know, I wanted to get to my destination, but somehow I'm taking a detour. I looked this up. I found that a detour is an undesired route to the desired destination. You're going to get there, but you may not get there the way you thought you were going to get there. It may not be the desired route. It may be a, a, a detour. God may take you in a place, uh, through a place uh, that you didn't want to go, uh, but you're going to get there. Can you get through the detour consistently? The Bible tells us about Joseph that, you know, God was going to get him to the palace, but he had to go through the pit and the prison to get there. It's hard to stay consistent during the detour. Those that are believing God, you're believing God. Well, God, God's going to take you somewhere. And, and you, the friend, I believe God is going to take you somewhere. But it may not be the way you want him to take you there. It may be different how you get there. Someone say amen. Because I know this, God has never taken me the route that I desire. It's always some unexpected detour. But you have to stay consistent. Consistency, listen to me, overcomes disappointments. Because a detour take you where, uh, will take you through an undesired route to a desired destination, but a disappointment will take you to an undesired destination. You don't want to go there. These guys have found themselves in a place where this is not, this is not where they expected to be. They're, they're kind of probably disappointed. They're wondering, man, this is not where I thought I would be in my relationship. This is not where I thought where I'd be financially. This is not where I thought I'd be spiritually. But friend, we have to desire in our minds today. We have to make up our mind that we're going to be consistent no matter what. It means God. It means when we say to God, I will not make an allegiance or an idol out of the outcome. Did you hear me? Because a lot of us, we make idols out of the outcome. Instead of making and worshiping Jesus regardless of the outcome or not. These guys said, it don't matter. We're not making, we're not worshiping. We're not worshiping the outcome. We're not making an allegiance to the outcome. It doesn't matter what happens. Let it be known, we're going to serve God. Let it be known, we're not bowing. Can you say amen? Because I know most of us this morning, I, I've said it, Lord, you know what? If it's possible, God, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Can you say amen? Because I trust God. Amen. I don't trust the outcome. I have to live long enough consistently and believe God, but I'm going to stay consistent. The last thing, write this down. Faithful and consistent obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. Did you hear me? It may not turn out the way you want it. 
But maybe right now you're mad, but later on in another season, you know, praise God for that and say, man, you know what? I thought it was a bad thing, but actually it was a good thing. I, it didn't work out the way, but you know what? I'm praising God for it today. His goodness is running after. He is so, so good. See, living, living for God today. Let me just tell you this. When you live his purpose, it's not our job to bring about the outcome. It's up to God what he does. So they're telling the king, you know what, uh, 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 we're not going to bow down. Uh, God is able to rescue us. But I love what they say right here. And this is what we need to say in verse 18 of Daniel chapter 3. But even if he doesn't, we will never, ever, ever, ever serve your God. <laughs> say somebody say never, ever, ever. I love the way it says. It doesn't say that, but I'm going to add. We will never, ever, ever serve your God or worship this golden statue. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it ever. Let it be known, even if he does not. In other words, the outcome is not up to us. The outcome is up to God. And we're not going to worry about it. We're going to trust God. Now, these guys are about to be, you know, pollo loco on the open grill. But they said, you know what? It doesn't matter. We're going to serve God. So the Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar, he heated the, the furnace seven times hotter. Man, talk about at that point, I might have changed my mind. No, we wouldn't. Not ever, ever. Seven times hotter. He said, put it in. And the Bible said they were such in a rush that he got the, his men. And the Bible says in Daniel 3.21, then these men were bound in their coats and in their trousers and their turbans and their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the fire. So they had showed up for the festivities. They were all dressed up. And the Bible says here that, uh, uh, that basically as they threw them in the fire, the men that threw them, it was so hot that they died just getting close to the fire. And these three guys are thrown in to the fire. And then in verse 24, Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and he spoke to his counselors. He goes, didn't we throw three men in the midst of the fire? And they answered, true, O king. Look, he answered, we see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. They are not hurt. And the form is like the form who is like the Son of God. So Jesus was in the presence right there. See, sometimes deliverance doesn't come on the outside. Deliverance comes in the midst of the fire. Sometimes we have to believe God that regardless of what's happening, I'm going to stay consistent in the fire or outside the fire. Can you say amen? See, the presence of God is in the midst regardless of the circumstances. They had to consistently trust God. And the Bible says in verse 28, and we're going to close here, King Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to God, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servant. And then he said this, Therefore I make a decree that every people, every nation, language, who speak amiss, against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made refuge because God will vindicate his people. God is still powerful if we stay consistent. Can you say amen? God is looking for consistency today. He's looking for believers today that won't compromise. 
I'm just tired of compromising believers, aren't you? I'm tired of sipping things, puffing prophets. My God, you know, you're, you're drinking all this and you're, you say, you're, you ain't a Christian, brother. Come on. You ain't saved. You get right with God. I'm going to just tell you, you ain't saved. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to win them over to Christ. Yeah, take another drink. Booze it up. You know how many people are bound and messed up by alcohol? There ain't nothing good about alcohol. You read any secular magazine and secular uh, studies, and they'll tell you there is not one thing good about alcohol. It has destroyed more lives, destroyed more people. Are you listening to me? And yet, you know, we see people just compromising, doing what they every, everything else, everybody else is saying. When are you going to decide to be consistent? When are we going to decide to stay away from the fence? Remember last week I talked about stay away from it. Be consistent. I've been, I've been walking with God for 41 years. I'm not talking about perfection, but consistency. I decided a long time ago who I'm going to serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You have to decide. See, I didn't grow up perfect. I didn't grow up in the perfect family. I didn't grow up in all these things. But I decided a long time ago that my children were going to use me as an excuse for not serving God. I said, they're not going to be seeing me drink. They're not going to be seeing me cussing. They're not going to see me smoking this and smoking that, hanging out over here. I'm never going to allow them to say, well, you did this. No, I wasn't perfect, but I wasn't doing what everybody else is doing. I'm going to be consistent. My kids will tell you, no, I'm not perfect, but I'm consistent. I made up my mind. I'm going to be consistent in my walk with God. And I'll tell you, there's power in consistency today. It'll take you over the long haul. And I'm consistent because God is consistent. I said, God, you've been, you've been so good to me. You've been consistent all of my life. I'm going to be consistent as much as I can. And when I fail, I'll repent and get right. Amen. Not perfect, but consistent. Let's pray right now. Father, all over this house today, all over this house today, I pray the Holy Spirit would minister to people in this place. God, you'll touch the lives of people that are here. I pray for consistency in believers. I pray for believers today to wake up. Some of them are slumbering. Some of them are living compromising lives. They're making excuses of why they could do this and get away with it instead of just being consistent and living right. Instead of getting away from the fence. I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going I'm 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 to decide ahead of time. I'm going to predetermine See, I'm going to live for God ahead of time. I'm not going to compromise my values. I'm not going to compromise what I believe just because I'm going to give in to the pressures of everything else. You know what you're supposed to be doing. You know what God's speaking to you about. You know what you need to surrender and give up. You, need what you, you, know, you exactly know what you need to stop doing. Stop saying, stop going, stop doing this. You know, nobody has to tell you that. The Holy Spirit will tell you. You just have to be obedient. Say, I'm going to be consistent in my walk with God. God's looking for some real men and women of God in this house today. Holy Spirit, I pray, minister all over this place. If you're in this room right now, you need to, you need to make a choice today. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve the world? Are you going to serve yourself? Choose you this day who you're going to serve. you got to make a decision today. 
God brought you here today because you need to make a choice. God's speaking to you today. God loves you. He cares about you. He really does. He's consistent. He consistently loves us. He consistently cares about us. He consistently is reaching out to us. But are we responding to his love? Are we responding to him touching our lives and coming in our hearts? Are we surrendering today? So if you're in this room right now, you say, Pastor, I, I've decided to serve God. I, I'm making a choice to give my life to Jesus. I need the Lord in my life today. All over this room right now, every head bowed, every eye closed right now, you say, Pastor, I, I choose God. I need the Lord in my life. Pray for me. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Say, that's me, Pastor. I need God in my life. We're not here to embarrass you. Just raise your hand real quick and say, that's me. I want to serve the Lord today. I want to give my life to Jesus. I need God in my life right now. I don't want to leave here without Jesus. Raise your hand, whoever you are right now. Just raise your hand up and say, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. Uh, I've decided today to make a choice right now. I don't want to change the order. Amen. I want to make sure give you the opportunity today to say, I'm going to serve the Lord right now. I'm going to serve God right now. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Is there anyone at all right now in this room? You be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Maybe you were once serving God. Maybe at one time you were walking with God, but you're away from God right now. You need to come back to the Lord. God's speaking to you. Raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need to come back to Jesus. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. Is there anyone at all in this room? You say, that's me. I need to rededicate my life to God. You're not here by coincidence today. Just raise your hand. We'll pray for you. We, we, we're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to shame anyone today. Just raise your hand. Say, I, I need to give my life to the Lord today. Is there anyone at all before I change the order of the service? Say, that's me. That's me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we all stand together right now all over this house? I, I just believe the Lord's talking to some people today about taking a stand. About your uh, uh, faith. Basically today, a faith that is not tested is the faith, man, that cannot be trusted. Your faith is going to be tested. Your walk with God, the genuineness of your walk with God. God's looking for some believers, young people, even some of you older people say, I'm going to stand for God, man. We live in a culture right now, and I'm telling you, every time I look at the news, I go, what? They want us to say what? They want us to believe what? Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? Are we blind? Are we actually believing this? They don't even know what identity is anymore. I'm going, oh my gosh. This one doctor, they're asking this doctor, do you believe men can be pregnant and have an abortion? And a certified doctor said yes. I said, are you insane? All of a sudden, truth is changing. Are you listening to me? I'm, I'm here. I'm going to stand for God. As long as I'm preaching here, as long as I'm a pastor here, I'm going to preach the truth. I'm going to stand for God, whether you like it or not. Amen. I'm going to preach the truth today because the truth is what sets people free today. And God's looking for men and women. You know, let's, let's sing that worship song. Just sing a, let's just sing a worship song. But you know what? I'm going to open the altar, man. Maybe God's talking to you about, you know, you need to take more of a stand. You need to be more consistent. Some of us, man, we're embarrassingly inconsistent in a lot of areas. Could be just regular, normal life practical things in your life. I need to be more consistent. More consistent in your walk with God. More consistent at home. More consistent as a believer at work. 
in your community. All right, come on. I'm going to open the altar. Just come. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.